Thank you for tuning in to listen to the Something Something Dragons podcast, a part of the Untold Stories Project. I'm your host and game master, Aaron. This show is a passion project for the girls, and they were very excited to get started on it. As a result, these early episodes were recorded before we had a sense of what our best way to record would be. The first six episodes do serve as a prelude to the adventure path we'll be playing, so if the audio quality bugs you, go ahead and jump in at episode 7, where we start the Carrion Crown adventure path. We got a handle on our recording around episode 6, and we promise it will only get better from there. In the meantime, let's go ahead and jump in. Something Something Dragons, Episode 3, Manor. Welcome to the third episode of the Something Something Dragons podcast, a part of the Untold Stories Project. I am your host and game master, Aaron Einhorn. With me today are our four players, who we will reintroduce again in a moment. We're still playing Pathfinder 1st Edition from Paizo Publishing. We're going to be playing the Carrion Crown Adventure Path, but before we get started, these characters are going through a series of six linked quests that were released for Pathfinder Society Play. These quests are going to serve as backstory for the characters and help establish their relationship to Professor Lorimore when we start the adventure path. Now you might be asking yourself how playing Pathfinder fits into the mission of the Untold Stories Project, since fantasy role-playing games, especially those that come from Dungeons & Dragons, are probably the most told stories in gaming. Well, in this case, what is untold is who is going to be telling the stories, because our players are all teenage girls who are entering their last year of middle school. Say hello, heroes! Hello! Hey! Hello! Hello! Because of (laughs) privacy concerns, we're still going to be refraining from using our players' real names on the podcast. And, when we're not referring to them by character names, we will be using the nicknames of Red, Blue, Green, and Yellow. Which, coincidentally, match the color of their tokens in Roll20, which is how we're playing this game because we're still in a post-COVID world and we cannot play in person. Sad. Now, if each of our heroes will introduce their characters again... If you could just tell us your color, your character name, and your character's race and class, that would be fantastic. Well, I guess I'll start us off then. I'm Blue. My character's name is Talia. She is a Gathling and an Oracle. Also, our healer. Can you tell our listeners what a Gathling is? Because it's a little bit more unusual than just an elf or a dwarf. Yes, I can. A Gathling is a race of Fae. She is small, not a medium, and can fly. So, that's great. Okay, next. Uh, I guess I can go. I am Red. Hello. I am playing Zatha, who is an Agaji, who is a snake person, but right now she usually has a fedora, which is a hat of disguise, which makes her appear as a human. And she is a sorcerer. My character is Eklund. He is a shifter, so sort of like a druid, but more focused on the shape-shifting. He's also an Oread, which is a half-earth elemental. Nice. And finally. Hey, I'm Yolo. My character name is Alyris. I'm a Kitsune, and I am a rogue, and that much I know. One last message before we get started. 
The world of Galarian is one where people come in all shapes, sizes, sexual identities, and colors, and that is a message which we should all be able to get behind. At the Untold Stories Project, we believe that Black Lives Matter, and we stand against oppression and inequality. When last we saw our heroes, they had just followed Professor Lorimer to a lake where there was lightning strikes, which the aftermath of left behind ectoplasm. Uh, the professor asked the heroes to protect him while he went and collected the ectoplasm. As they got up there, they had to deal with a haunt, which manifested in the forms of tr grasping plants, and then a pair of ectoplasmic humanoids which attempted to attack the heroes. They were able to successfully fight off the ectoplasmic humans and get through the haunt, gathered the ectoplasm, at which point they all got out of there. They got nice evidence of, I am scared of ghosts. Yes, they discovered that Talia is scared of ghosts, which, you know, is a great quality in the party's healer and resident uh, specialist in knowledge religion. And um, ghosts. And they discovered that uh, Eklund needs to have some sort of ranged weapon to uh, help out because being an Oread and still coming into his shifter abilities, he's still somewhat slow. And Aliris needs armor. And Aliris needs armor, which apparently she had but was not properly equipped. So. You fool. That has all been taken care of now. Again, a few days have passed since the party was all together. The professor has sent you all another letter, which oh my God. I will you know? share with you all now. And also then... Uh, read to our audience. The new letter has arrived from the professor, which says, My studious aides, I have acquired permission to send a team into the haunted and abandoned Illaregard Manor. I hope that you can gain some insight into Lady Illaregard's research, as she too took an interest in the psychic phenomena plaguing this stretch of the Hungry Mountain. My findings suggest that she was close to a breakthrough when she mysteriously disappeared several decades ago. It is extremely important you recover any tools that will help as we pick up where she left off, especially something her writings called etheric compasses. Also, my designs for an ectoplasmic container is ready for field tests. These boxes will hold and preserve ethereal material and may be useful to you in this endeavor. I am almost certain they are risk-free. The letter did arrive with a package which contains a large one-foot, well, two uh, boxes which seem to be made of crystal panels, each of which makes about a one-foot cube. Um, additionally, there is a large brass key which presumably would allow you into Illaregard Manor. So, we're dealing with more, most likely, ghosts. I'm sorry, Talia. <coughs> okay, so the ectoplasmic uh, residue stuff, the goo, do we ever use that? And if we do, can we just, like, squirt guns full of ghost juice? <laughs> um, <laughs> squirt guns? Well, at, pew, pew, pew. at the moment, the uh, the ectoplasmic goo that you had uh, recovered, the professor took with him to uh, continue to do the research. But his research is what led to uh, sending these boxes, which are supposed to be able to hold ethereal material. 
normally ethereal material can pass right through anything from our plane. So. Alright, you know what? I'm gonna stop calling you Egghead. I'm gonna stop calling you Egghead. I'm really starting to respect you as a human, bro. Oh. I'm gonna switch to Rocky because you prefer that. She's sitting on your head while saying that. Oh. Yeah, but when you guys meet up again, the first thing Eklund does is walks over to Illyris and he goes, He goes, you, bro, do you have any experience as an assassin? Um, well, I can kill people if I want to, but I've just never wanted to, is all. He goes, ah, oh, I'm, I'm debating sending one after the professor. He keeps sending us all these ridiculous- he, he, he goes, I'm kidding, but seriously. This is getting ridiculous. Ghostbusters! This is the second potential suicide mission he sent us. Are we getting paid for these? No. Um. Oh, that's a waste of time. <laughs> Memories. You are all being well compensated, um, which is stuff that we will handle off the air. Uh, is it enough to make me have to keep fighting freaking ghosts? Yes. Uh, you guys have two boxes. You have a key to Illaregard Manor. Is there anything that you would like to do before you start heading over to the manor? Uh, uh, scream. Because I hate this. <laughs> and he returns to Talia and says, I'm sorry for how I... He, goes, he says, I'm sorry for how I acted before ruining your candle and all that, but I saved the pieces. And he uh, he holds out, surprisingly enough, a tiny model of Talia, perfect in almost every detail, except the nose is a bit too long. Wax! Smiles. Wax. She smiles, does take it, and says, you know what? I really do start respecting you as a human, bro. <laughs> he just goes, I'm not a human. So, is there anything that you guys wish to do before you head to the manor? Do you want to try Scream. to gather information? Do you want to just see what you are able to remember? Or I have a small little checklist. Okay. A, scream into a pillow. Okay, that's easily done. B, wish I was never born. Okay, also easily done. C, I want to, I'm going to pull out my holy symbol of Desna. Uh-huh. And just kind of care if any of her party members see. She's not exactly doing it out in the open, but not exactly hiding it. Just kind of drop it and see what happens. It flies ten feet away from you and buries itself behind uh, Eklund's foot. Eklund picks it up without letting you get back to it and just goes, what was that, fairy? Nothing. I'm just kind of staring at her like, If I drop this, does it fly away or something? Um, you can try it. When it doesn't fly away as he drops it on the ground, he just turns around and gives Talia this, like, what the what look? It, it doesn't fly away. It does not fall, fly away when you put it down, when you drop it. He, it just he drops goes, what was that? Nothing. Hey, um. She's not a good liar. Actually, I think before she might. we go into the giant creepy thing, could we, like, I don't know, grab a drink or something? Yes, if you want, uh, you could go back to uh, Dunhop and, uh, get a drink and even see if they can tell you anything about anything weird that happened up at the the manor. Yeah, let's see that. That's that sounds like a good idea. Okay. Boy, you a bit do our homework. Is it I mean, is it possible to split up the party because Eklund would not want to go back into town. Sure. He doesn't drink and he he would he would want to poke around the manor a bit, just around the outside, try to find any alternate exits. Sure. Hey, Rocky, uh, while we're in Dunhop, you want me to grab you something? I don't know, bread, something. <laughs> he, um, 
Actually, he pauses for a second and then just go, and just says very quietly, just like he, he just goes, "Well, it wouldn't happen to mind if a flagon of honey mead slipped its slipped its way into my bag by mistake." I'll go make sure to grab some. I'm gonna fly over to Ethan and basically whisper into his ear. All right, fine, but I want you to come join us. If so, I might tell explain what just happened. Um, he just goes for that sake. I'll come. Yes. All right. I'm kind of just following Lyris. What right. was the uh, old lady with the horseshoe's name again? Yeah, what was her name? It was uh, Mara something. Can we just call her Mary? It was... Maricella. Maricella. I want to go grab a drink with her. Let's go. So you head to town to get a drink. Drink? While you are drinking and chatting with each other and, you know becoming a little bit more comfortable with each other. Anyone who'd like can give me either a knowledge local or a diplomacy check to try to overhear information or get information or anything like that. I have some of those things, so knowledge local or diplomacy. Yep, so Tali got a 15 on diplomacy. Okay. Hold on, let me, let me, let my character sheet load for a second here. Um, so knowledge local, let's see. It's I think I might have to Eklund got a very I do have knowledge, knowledge local. Okay. That is also a 15. It, it seems my... Uh, diplomacy, just to kind of chat people up. My, my bad rolling streak has continued. Apparently. I'm just certain that she does not hold her alcohol well, so she's just drunk. Okay. Can we I wasn't some bread any, like, alcoholic beverages, but it got coffee. Okay. I'm gonna vote that Eklund got such a, like, a low score, because he's just got his, like, he has his, um, headscarf on, sunglasses, his cloak pulled up around him, he's just trying not to draw attention to himself, and despite claiming he doesn't drink, he's nursing a rather large flask of honey mead. Alright. He, he's just- He seems to hate being in town. He's only here for the info I promised him. Alright. About me. <laughs> Um, Azatha, do you, do you want to do diplomacy or knowledge local? Um, excuse me, uh, could we buy some bread? You can absolutely get bread. Um, yeah, bread. I would either do knowledge local or diplomacy, except I don't have them. Oh. Well then, um, you, you should be able to roll diplomacy even without any training in it, but... Oh, oh, okay. Um, yeah. You've got a good charisma. Ten, natural twenty. Actually, it was a 17, but you have a plus three because you've got a high charisma. Oh, I didn't realize. Okay. So, what you are able to gather in uh, rumors about the manor and about Lady Illa Regard. The residents of the town believe that the manor is haunted. Even the caretakers have stopped maintaining the grounds years ago. You also hear rumors that the lady's mirrors never seemed to work quite right after she died. The mirrors always seemed to reflect the house as it used to be, not the way it was, it is now. Ooh, spooky. Mm -hmm. Kind of nice. You're also able to uh, hear rumors that holy water or a uh, the prayers of a holy person can counteract a haunting before it becomes dangerous, but timing is important. I'm holy. I think. You are. You know, drunk, so. The other things you're able to uh, just kind of remember uh, and also hear is the uh, Lady Illeregard commissioned this manor over 40 years ago, and it's been bad luck ever since. 
Um, she disappeared one stormy night, and no one has lived in the building since. The last person um, who entered the manor, who was a caretaker, over 20 years ago, ran out of the house screaming and acted strange for hours afterwards before finally killing himself. Oh, that's sad. That yep. Not good. All right. So is there anything that you guys want to else do in town other than, you know, have some drinks, get some food before you head to the manor? Well, is there a library or something or like public records? I thought was Talia to explain what happened. Okay. I mean, she's drunk. Yeah, sure. She'll explain everything. <laughs> Give me your question. Give me her answer. Um, it, he, dra he drank enough to like ignore all the judgmental stares, but he's still right in the head. Like he's, he's not tipsy. Okay. But he, uh, he, he was just trying to sort of bury the fact that everyone's like. Even, even if he doesn't, he's not displaying solid emeralds for eyeballs. Um, the fact that he's wearing a flowered scarf over his hair that is obvious, quite obviously stolen, and um, weird, like, burn-tinted glasses makes him pretty conspicuous. What kind of flowers on the flowered scarf? I don't know, probably, like, just, just like, one of those clashy patterns. It looks like he just, like, swiped it off some noble's neck while he, while he was walking through the... Is it, like, like grandma curtains? Yeah, like grandma curtains. Do they have little birds on them as well? Uh, no. Actually, it, does, it looks like he tried to roll it in a mud puddle to get it to dull down a bit. But he, uh, he turns to Talia and he goes, So what was that with the, you know, dropping and flying thing? Oh, that. <laughs> that. Alright. So, I've had this weird thing for as long as I can remember. Which is, my theory is, I probably have a ghost. She is completely drunk. You can just tell. <laughs> he goes, a ghost. Yeah, a ghost. And it really liked messing with me, including when I drop anything. What's his name? Zelda kind of glances over at you two and like, oh god, this is funny. Do we, wait, do we know what Azatha is yet? No. She, okay. She's always appeared a human to you guys. She doesn't like him very much. But she kind of like blinks whenever um, someone says like like you um, humans or something like that. So with this this curse, I think. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, it's been with me for a while. And uh, on the other hand, it also messes with my stuff. So. Every now and then, where I put something in a bag, it's not there. Fun. Huh. He, he just goes, I'll question you more when you're sober, because I don't think I'm getting a straight reply out of you. What do you mean? I'm sober. <laughs> he goes, you've already flown into four, he goes, you've already flown into four walls since we've been talking. And, uh, and you haven't even noticed that I'm holding you by the foot to stop you from crashing into a signpost. I don't know what you're talking about. I think you got your number wrong. I think it's closer to like five, and they were all on purpose. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, let's add C and Gumble to the list of reasons you're drunk. Is there something that will help me with, her, with this poor fairy's hangover in the morning? No. I think Eklund has medicine. He might be able to. There's some kind of medicine thing. Just get her a wagon and pull her around. Something like that. You know? he, he, I thought he had some kind of maybe. Oh, his heel. 
Can he do a heal check to try to make something for her to tone down? Keep your drink a glass of water, she's gonna have a nasty hangover. Something like that. But seriously, like, I'm asking, can I, can I do that? Can I make a heal check to get her something for her hangover? Yes. Get her some water. I make a heal check. Can I make a heal check on myself to try to make, like, a nice tea? Sure. Either one of you can. So Ethan already did, and he got a 19. Yeah, and she attempts to help you. With a hangover. Would 19 succeed, like... Yes, so you're, okay. you'll you'll be functional. She still probably has a little headache. But yeah, he, he, he mixes up a bunch of poultices, and to be honest, it smells awful, which is probably the reason that it... It's basically if you mix... If, if smelling salts were drinkable... <laughs> And that's why she's helping, to make it something she can force down her throat. <laughs> he goes, it won't taste good, but I've made it for myself plenty of times. She kind of looks at it, adds a few, like, flowers in that she knows will taste good, and then drinks it. Never let me get that drunk again. There were poor choices made. Did I ever answer you? Somewhat. About 50%. What did I, mean, I I'm say? I'm not sure I believe everything you were saying about having a, some kind of pet ghost, but... Not a pet. Not a pet. That... I... What all did I say? So You had some kind of pet ghost that flew around and dropped things and threw them away from you and banished things in your bag when you weren't looking. No, that's all true. It would... I, it's not a pet. It's he just kind of starts. He's like, what the... It messes with me. Here, let me just show you. Look, if you don't believe me, uh, she will once again grab her holy symbol and drop it. And it will fly ten feet away from her. He just goes, no, he goes, no wonder you hate ghosts. Yeah. I've been bugging you your whole life. Remember what I said, which is I've never seen any ghosts. I've just had one. I've just had ones that like to that are mischievous and like to mess with me. <gasps> this is what I'm talking about. You have all done your what you need to do in the uh, town, I'm going to go ahead and take you to the map of just outside of Illyregard Manor. Yay! Alright, so you are outside of Illyregard Manor. The the house, like I said, even from the exterior, you can see that the house is in not great shape. The doors all appear to be locked. Uh, the, the grounds are overgrown and wild. So, what do you wish to do? I want to buy this manor. Um, I have a question, though. Um, sure. Are all ghosts um, hostile in nope. this, or are some of them just passive? Strike up a conversation with a ghost or something? You don't know. You don't know enough about ghosts to, to, to know, for sure. Do I? I would assume that some of them are passive, not like... Everyone's a for something, you know? It is yeah. possible. You, so, I know um, in your experience, not all ghosts are hostile. I mean, I guess my ghost isn't hostile. Yeah. They're just a jerk. Yep. What's the symbol? That's a good question. Uh, do you have uh, knowledge arcana? No, I don't. Well, then you don't recognize it. Are these plants or fire? They look like they were once planters. Um, they are now, like I said, just wild and overgrown and not so pretty. Who has the key? I don't know. Who has the key? 
I mean, I might. Can I? Can I? Because Talia. Probably Talia because she studied under the professor. But she saved his life once and is probably seen more as a bodyguard than a. Can I roll Knowledge Arcana for the symbol? Absolutely. Alright. I apparently have every knowledge. Oh, I got an eight. That's you got an eight. You do not recognize this this symbol. Neither does Talia. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm gonna put the key in. Okay. Uh, I want to see if I have Arcana. Yellow. If it makes you feel better, I'll let you hold on to one of the two boxes. You can hold on to one of the cool boxes. <laughs> Yay! Boxes. Thank you. Now take the box. Both you Both of you get a box. She'll have the key. I will put the key in. Not caring if it's probably trapped, and just open the door. Hey, okay. um, you know, um, abandoned places make me kind of sad. Don't be sad. I'm gonna give you a hug. Aw, thank you. Oh. you a hug. Talia is, you are the best moral support I've ever. Yes, she cannot fight. So, you are looking into a foyer. Um, this is a large front hall. There are dusty sheets which cover the furniture in this hall. The only thing that is not covered is there is a portrait that is above the fireplace, which is directly opposite the front door, and there are candelabras on either side of the portrait. It is not covered. It does, however, look like the portrait has been ripped at and torn, and it is mostly unrecognizable. I fly. Hey, I'm just going to follow so that you don't die or something. So that would be bad. Yeah, Eklund's gonna run in for some reason. He seems to be kind of keeping close to Talia just because, like, the ghost thing. Like, with, okay. with you well, with you being afraid of ghosts, he's just kind of like, I don't need a panicking ally. Let's just wait. Can I go? I always panic. As uh, you enter this room, the candles start to light one at a time. Can I prayer? Sure. Ooh, fancy. To Desna? Sure. Because that's creepy. Clap. It Clap. is. Clap. 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 manifest his claws. All right. So you see a torn up portrait. There's a hallway in front of you, which goes off to the east and the west. There is also a set of doors, which seem like they lead out also to the north. And yeah, the candles just started lighting in the room. And the portrait is completely torn apart. What do you want to do? Uh, can I check for traps? Sure. I'm just going to kind of follow Talia. After that, can I just go sit on the couch? Sure. It's a fly... very nice couch. Can I fly up to the portrait and detect magic on it? Sure. Actually, let's say he's back here. He's trying not to look like he's kind of stalking Talia, but he's like, one, he doesn't want her to panic, and two, he doesn't want to be the absolute failure he was last time. Wait, I forgot to check. I, I forgot how to check for traps. Roll perception. I would also like to use detect magic on, like, the whole place. Is yeah, yeah. that possible? Sure. Well, I uh, also kind of want her portrait because it's high up and I can, like, look at everything. Okay. There is no magic radiating through the room. You two are both familiar enough with magic to know that ghosts don't necessarily register as magic. So. All right. Um, a haunt effect isn't going to be determined, isn't going to be detected by detect magic. Yeah, what about the candles? The candles are not lighting up as being magical either. Alright. You would also, since you're flying up by the portrait, you can see that there is a plaque underneath the painting that says Lady Rena Illa Regard. But it looks like it has been scratched over 
and on the wooden frame, you see the word hate written over and over in common. Second question. Yes. What could I roll to try to identify what did these scratches? I would let anyone who wants to, to roll survival. Seems like a tracking oh, right. type thing. So I rolled to check for traps. Yes. And I got 14. So... Uh, you do not see any sign of traps in this room. You know, you know what I think? If after we, like, you know, finished whatever we were done doing in this house, like, if there's something, like, I don't know, there were flaming heads in the tavern, if maybe someone put some sort of time and dedication into renewing this place, because it's huge from what I can gather, and it would kind of be a waste to just... I don't know. We should get our home base. Ooh, yeah, that would be nice. This place looks like it could use a little TLC. I mean... I mean, we'll have to do some renovations, maybe take down this portrait, because it's kind of creepy. Well, I mean, if we could fix the portrait... <gasps> Wait, no! We should have a portrait made of all of us! Ooh, that would be nice, if it would be possible. And this is a nice couch, I like this couch. Alright. What did we get on our survival checks? Sixteen. Sixteen? Seven. Seven. Alright. Uh, yeah, not, not really not really noticing anything or having a good sense of what could have done it. Maybe some sort of claws? Yeah, we might have this. You also all hear a scratching sound. Eflin manages up his claws and draws his quarter staff with his sling in the other hand. He's just uh, like go up and jiggle the uh what's it called? The candle holder on the side okay. of the uh, fireplace. Okay. It lifts up, it's just a candle ghosts. But the scratching is coming from this area where I am pinging on the map. Mm -hmm. These are doors, right? To the east. Um, yes, those are doors. Great, I'm gonna open them. You know, Eklund is still uh, sort of tailing Talia. Before she keeps going, she's going to try to be sneaky. Didn't she go- didn't you go through the door? Yes. Oh, I'm gonna try to be sneaky by rolling stealth. Okay. Just try to like, poke around the corner and see what I see. Okay. You are being stop very sneaky. I will turn around, hold up my hands, basically doing a stop, and look around, trying to see, do I see anything scratching? You do not, but the scratching sound is definitely louder coming from behind this door over to the east. Guys, I think we should check it out. I'll open the door. Eklund is going to hang back here, but still close enough that he can run over and bash whatever it is with his staff. Okay. I'll follow because I don't want you guys to die or something. All right. Um, you're just going to open the door? Yep. She's okay. chaotic. So am I. I mean, so is everybody to some degree. Chaotic good. All right. Do not move into the room until I'm done giving you the description. So start. All right. So you are looking into a room that looks like it might have been a laboratory at some point. Ooh. The room's walls are made of polished steel. It contains several workbenches, which are littered with broken glassware and alchemical apparatus. There are four tall mirrors, which hang from the walls. The bare floor suffers scars, which looks as if there had been some sort of explosion in there. And there is a light that is just glowing from within the room from one of the uh, mixing vials. Um, can I go in? Sure. Wait. Can I just have some magic? Sure. I'm gonna. I'm um, just gonna hang back over here. 
the the glowing mixing stand has a very faint uh, evocation aura. Where is the mixing stand? I'm gonna stay just inside the door, but still so I can bolt if I need to. Okay. Uh, it is right there. Neat. I'm gonna sneak up to the vial of the whatever golden shiny stuff. Uh-huh. Um, and what can I roll to try to identify that? I move over by Stalker. this door over here. Red, you were trying to identify this, the, the, what's causing the glow? You can roll Spellcraft. May I as well? Yes. Next one. A natural 20 on, uh, on, and an 18 for Azatha. Um, you can both tell that light has been cast on that stand. Why, why didn't I recognize that? That's dumb. Oh my god. I figured there was a glowing potion in it and I wasn't gonna poke at it. What do the mirrors look like? Because they say that they, they're weird. Well, it's funny that you actually say that. Oh. Because as you're looking at the mirrors, the air in the room starts to get chilly. Knew it. The walls start to frost over. And inside the mirror, you see the laboratory as it appeared before whatever explosion marked the floor. There are two generators which blast a tiny figure with limp wings, and a woman with a strong widow's peak, which kind of matches what was left of the portrait, observes. The tiny creature seems confused and screeches in protest as its arms drift left, then right, almost like the hands of a compass. The woman seems displeased with the results, and the creature's pleading just squeals. She shuts off the device, picks up the little figure, and throws it in a box covered with skulls. She hmm. closes the latch just as the vision fades. The frost begins to blacken and flake off of the walls like ash, and as it does, it clumps together into hundreds of tiny creatures which twitch to life. And I am going to need... Poor things. ...initiative from the party. I'm going to call Peter about this. Eklund takes one look at the swarm and basically just, go, and he just kind of pushes himself against the wall. Okay, so, but okay, the ash that had fallen to the ground is coming alive and crawling towards you almost as if it was a swarm. So, um, Eklund, uh, you have the uh, highest initiative. What would you like to do as the ash which has fallen off the walls and is currently really, really close to uh, uh, Lyris, starts to move. Oh. She's flat-footed. We can't, we can't flank, can we? Because she's flat-footed. Um, that is true. Also, swarms cannot be flanked. Dang it. Swarms? Okay. He's going to move right here and try with both... Because, I mean, he gets two claw attacks. Yep. He's going to try to claw it. Okay. Sweet. All right, so your claws rip into the sh into the ash creatures, tearing through them, but it doesn't seem like it does anything to dissipate the swarm. Dang it. Fire would help? Should have figured they're immune to slashing damage. I feel like fire might help, but I don't um, have anything to fire. Alirus, you're up. Okay. Um, let's see. What can I do? I mean... Oh, they're weird. Uh, I don't think we can reason with them. Is that an option? No. I doubt it. Probably not. 
The creatures seem unhappy. Can I bite them? Um, Why? Well, you would have to shift into either your natural form or your full fox form to do so. But yeah, sure. (laughs) I guess guess I'll do do that then. Which form? I'm gonna go full fox. Okay, so Aliris turns into a fox. That one is very confused. Um, <laughs> I guess I'll roll to bite them then. Okay. All right, you bite into the swarm, and uh, you know you 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 have a mouthful of ash, but <laughs> it doesn't seem like your bite is able to destroy enough of them to really have any effect on the mass of the swarm. Well, as long as the ash is not toxic, I could attempt to eat the swarm. <laughs> a little bit at a time, sure. Um, that will like take marshmallows. That will take us to uh, Zatha. Alrighty. Uh, I want to see what Ray Frost will do to it. Okay. So... We need our spellcasters here, because nothing the fighters can do is going to help. This is true. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm. I'm seeing the range on this. Twenty-five feet. Uh, yeah, I will. Can I go a bit closer and then okay. still cast it? Sure. Couple steps closer and cast it. Okay, so you're casting At... Ray of Frost. Yeah. Yep. All right. Um. Oh, so you're uh you are disturbed by all of these things and your ray goes goes wide. Oh man. Aww. Talia. So, I don't think I can do anything. No. What knowledge can I roll on this? Well, um, you could try a, uh, you could try a knowledge religion, because they are, this was created by a haunt. Um, yeah, so these, these were created by a haunt. They are effectively a spider swarm, so they have all of the defensive abilities that swarms typically do, like being immune to mind-affecting effects and immune to weapon damage, but they do take double damage from area-effect spells. God, I'm dead. I have no attacks that don't... So, because they're from a hot, though, Uh does it... Do I think that positive energy might do anything? It's possible. (laughs) We'll go try it. One, two... Free and she'll go up as much as she can to still get them in. Well, it's only a uh, ten foot high ceiling, so. All right then, we'll go up there, because that should still catch them all. Okay. All right, I, I don't do math. I'm not doing that math right now. It's fine. And she's decided that she also hates spiders now. <laughs> they're not really and... spiders. They're little ash bits that are scrambling towards you. You know what's worse than spiders? Ghost spiders. Yep. Ooh, max damage. And I got a two on their will save to that will utterly dissipate the swarm. Dang! They looked horrifying. Yep. There's no compliments for them. They tasted okay. The image of Elris in fox fox form with like a mouthful of um swarming ash. It is uh, kind of is funny. Really funny. We're out of combat, but how are you all reacting to the fact that uh Elris just turned into a fox? Hey guys! What I'm the hell? I'm staring at her wide-eyed, like 
I don't trust you. Hi guys, I'm Fluffy. Hello. She Apple can still speak as a fox, by the way. And absentmindedly attempting to scrape the remaining ash off of his claws, but he's just kind of staring at her and blinking repeatedly. Well, wait, no, he can't blink, can he? True. That, only, that doesn't work with him. So he's just he's just flat out staring, which becomes I'm gonna twist it. It becomes kind of creepy after 30 seconds when you realize he hasn't blinked once. I will strange. And he hasn't blinked over the entire adventure. I will start petting you and ask what the hell is up with you. Every word she says, she strokes you. I told you I am a kitsune. I don't know what that is. This is a thing that I can do. Can I roll another local now? Sure. It's been a few days. Yeah. Now that I can see it, that's so weird. I will munch these spiders. Alright, yes, yeah, so with a 23, a natural 20, <laughs> you would realize that, yes, uh, kitsune are um, enchanted, not enchanted, but they are a type of magical humanoid who are uh, shapeshifters, they are related to foxes, in their normal form, they can, uh, they appear as humanoids with fox heads and fox tails, um, they can shapeshift to look like people normally. Being able to shapeshift to look to be a fox is a little unusual. I can ride you into battle. Can I stay in this form for now? I sure. mean, yes, because I'm riding you now. Absolutely. You know why you can't? You're being rode. Okay. She Small just... person is riding me like a horse, except I'm a fox. We shall ride into battle. After a second, after a second, Eklund just seems something seems to break inside of him, and he just walks over to you and starts scratching you behind the ears. <laughs> oh, that's nice. which, which feels pretty good considering that his, uh being like kind of a woods guy his his nails are long enough to like actually like scratch you and you yeah, know made nice. of rock Agatha is standing back kind of um distrustfully um side-eyeing oh, yeah. um, the lyrics what's wrong Agatha? yeah what's wrong do you have something against her mm-hmm. no it's just i did not expect that Ooh, allergy is it an allergy Wait a sec, hold up. No. Now that I'm thinking. Well, this wait. is a little sudden. I mean. <laughs> Since Azatha, wait, I'm not in Azatha's character right now. She actually does because of her species, but. Oh, I know that. Uh-uh. <laughs> um, but uh, she, so she says, uh, kind of. I will fly over to her and be like, you know what, now that I think about it, kind of poking at her hat, you haven't taken this off. I clutch my head and say, don't touch that. I'm gonna poke it again. <laughs> Eklund just goes, why not? He just pulls out his sling. Um, Please don't judge me, I'm sorry. You better not. <laughs> by the by, you all notice that there is light that is creeping out from underneath a doorway that is directly to the south of you. Ooh, maybe we should check that out. Yo, guys, this hat is Annoying me. There's this thing happening over there. Yo, Gatha, oh. that doesn't mean anything. Take it off. Yeah, Eklund goes, I'm not letting this go just yet. Oh, yeah, this is kind of... Yeah, I'm going to just scroll toward the light then. If she's moving past me, can I make an opportunity attack to try to snatch the hat off her head? Can I as well? I don't like this. <laughs> don't either. This is not very respectful to Azatha. It's really yeah. not. Well, thank you. Thank you. I've been living in the woods for the last 70 years. <laughs> you have nothing on me. 
Well, I am curious if she doesn't want to tell us anything about her identity, which is kind of shady. We should let her keep that information to herself. We'll talk when we're done here. Or, yes, at least perhaps talk when you're done here. Once we get out of here, we need to talk. Thank you for accepting that my boss thing is normal. Without your hat. Not right now. It's cold no, in here. Once, once we're done and we've d finished up this place, we're gonna talk. You're not bringing your hat. Oh. Oh, okay. Alright, I'm gonna check out this door. Okay. That door? Say, so the yeah. light is coming from the south, but... Oh, never mind. Go to this door. Yeah. I'll no, open it. Well, I assumed you didn't close this door behind you. Oh yeah, it's open, so I'll keep following. Wait, this door? I'm, I'm yep. gonna just hang back here. Well, I mean, I don't have opposable thumbs, so I'll have to let someone else do it. That is I'll open it. I'm riding you. I'm back to riding you. Oh, fun. <laughs> I'll open it. Alright. Watch the trap that'll blow up in my face. Death. Alright, so you are looking into what looks like a library. <gasps> there is not actually a library. It is, looks utterly ransacked. The books have been taken off the shelves. They're, it looks like they've been ripped and torn. I see nothing. I'm just going to fly. I'm going to fly off of her and just fly like, right in. Okay. You do see the door to the south, um, and there is light that is still on the other side of that door. Let's keep going. Guess what? Okay. Um, hang on, hang on, wait. Can I make a possession check to see if there's anything in the library? Very worth reading. Absolutely. Like, just some titles. Like, anything that's, like, important to your mission or very shady thing. Absolutely. Uh, perception. There it is. Oh, well. Um, I mean, again, the books have been just torn to pieces. Maybe if you had hours and hours and hours to try to reconstruct, you might be able to find something. Okay. So I move again down by the door, but I'm gonna be like over here. I'm just waiting and pull. I pull out my sling with a, my sling and load it in case I need to fling it at somebody. Okay. Uh, I will open the door. Okay. Yeah, I like doors. All right. So you open this door, and this room is a looks like a reading room. It is covered in dust. Um, there is expensive furniture which is under the sheets. Except for a round table right near the door, whose polished stone stone surface is completely clean. There is a large open box carved with skulls that sits near the table, and there is a mirror on the door to the north that was on the other side of the door. Stupid. I need everyone to give me a perception check. It's another one. Rolling perception. There's totally nothing. Ooh, I got a 25. All right. Azatha and Illyris are both going to be able to act as you start to notice that there is frost appearing on the table. Um, oh, and I need the two, just the two of them to give me an initiative check. Mm. Hot garbage. Are there mirrors in the There is. Ooh, can we see? Hold on. Hmm, so, initiative? Uh, Azatha has a 3, Aliris um, has a 13. Aliris, you can take one action as the frost is starting to appear. What do you want to do? Uh, move away-ish. Okay, go ahead and move up to one normal move action. Alright, in the reflective surface of the table, you see the same woman that you saw in the other room. 
although she appears tired. A box, the, the box carved with skulls, is closed behind her as she is trying to align two delicate silver discs. She looks down at, the, at a book. Lightning flashes outside. When it subsides, the box is open and the tiny winged creature is hanging from the nearby bookcase. It leaps at her with hate in its eyes. Everyone needs to give me a will save. Okay. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm oh, I'm dead. Uh, will save. Uh, will oh, save. Yep. Oh. rolls like 20. Oh. oh. Okay. Talia, you are the only one who makes the save. Oh, my God. All of you are shaken. Um, oh, God. So you will have a minus two to any dice rolls you make. And... As you, as this vision from the haunt fades, appearing as they jump out of tiny holes in the walls are two tiny blue creatures with overshaped, overshaped heads. Well, not tiny, small. And then there is a tiny humanoid with just a hugely oversized head. It's like a mole rat. It does kind of. And. I need initiative from Talia and Action. All right. At the beginning of the round is the tiny humanoid with the giant oversized head who is going to leap out at Talia. <gasps> what did I do? You were the closest. And it tries to bite you. Well, that's weird. Consent. Where are its eyeballs? I can't tell what it looks like. I will show you images. Uh, but a seven on the attack roll is going to miss. Excuse me. Yes. It's a plus poison. Does that mean venom because it's a bite? Yes. Don't be pedantic. The uh, the first of the small humanoids is going to move towards Azatha. And... Oh, and oh no. That's not wrong. At least you're not flat-footed. Actually, I take it back. It is going to step back, and it is going to throw a dart at you. Oh, I'm not quite sure if I like that more. <laughs> um, and with a 12 on the attack roll, I'm fairly certain that will miss. Um, well, let's see. Am I flat-footed? You are not flat-footed, because you were... All right, I have a 13. That okay, so it will miss you. Um, you all need armor. Echo. I want to move to... Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to move toward Ugly Mole Rat. Okay. And I'm going to try to claw his face off. Okay. need to fight. Well, they're kind of trying to attack us, so. That was more than a five-foot step, correct? Yeah. Okay, so you will only be able to attack with the first claw, but that will hit. So you claw into the tiny humanoid uh, with your claws for four points of damage. Yep. Well, he doesn't like that. Is it possible to see their health bars? It no. is, but I'm not going to. Okay. Sure. Um, so yes, you claw into into him, and his day is ruined. Well, it's not ruined. Here, he's not dead, but you you claw into him deeply, and he goes. No, he's not yet dead. Nope, he is not yet dead. Uh, the other small blue, blue yeah, small blue humanoid, the one who is back here. Wait, there's three. There are two there. small blue hum humanoids and one. Thing. I, I didn't see the third one. It is also going to throw a dart at the flying fae. What the frick, guys? And a nine is going to miss. I'm too likable to hit. 
And your fall. Elyris, you're up. Okay, um, so can I go bite the tumor head? Sure. We all have a different nickname for him. Tumor head. Yep, you can bite him. She calls him tumor head. I call him mole rat. His head is too big. It looks like a tumor. So where was I? Right. Bite. Oh. With an eight, you are not going to hit the tiny thing. Oh man. Well, hey, hey, hey! We, we don't have to fight. We got. We don't have to fight, guys. We we don't like this lady either. I'll attempt. Can I diplomacy? You can try. Does it actually? Can I first like knowledge this? Sure. Um, it would be knowledge nature for the uh, blue humanoids. Knowledge arcana for the uh the the tumor head. I mean, I don't roll. Um, you know nothing about the small blue humanoids. The tumor head looks like he is probably some weird form of homunculus. Okay, what now? Oh, but I thought homunculi were supposed to be cute. Yeah, yeah, sometimes. Humunculi are, uh, magically created creatures. They're essentially constructs. Yeah. So they, uh, have all of the typical construct immunities. And you can get, what was your total? 18? You can get oh. two useful pieces of information about the homunculus. What would you like to know? Um, let's go with weaknesses, if not defenses, then. Okay. So the homunculi is essentially, despite being somewhat alive, is essentially a construct. So it has all of the immunities that are typical to constructs. Uh, so immune to anything that requires a fortitude save, immune to anything that disease and poison, all of those sorts of things. It is also immune to mind-affecting effects. Those are its only defenses, and really its only weakness. It doesn't have any specific weaknesses. Right, it's is this the weird blue thing, or is this the weird, like... No, it's the weird hum uh, tumor-headed thing, which is tiny. Uh, um, tumor-headed? The, uh, the blue things, you needed a knowledge nature check, which you failed. And then I have another, I have another piece of information, right? You do still have another piece of information, yes. All right, uh, any special attacks? Uh, they have two special attacks. Their bite ha is poisonous, as I believe one of you has already found out. And they have spell-like abilities. They can cast ghost sound three times per day and light three times per day. Mm -hmm. All right. So what does ghost sound do? Ghost sound, it's an audio-only illusion. Ooh. But it's not that useful if you're, no, in combat and you're actually a person. I was wondering if it could cause a fear effect, and I hate those. Nope. No control of your character for six turns. Uh, not always six turns, but, and, no. Uh, ghost sound cannot, does not have any emotion effect, it just creates a sound. Uh, Tali, you actually still have your turn, you simply started with your knowledge check. You can still take a move action and a standard action, what do you want to do? There's a tumor-headed thing that just tried to eat Elyris, or bite Elyris, and then there's the two blue small humanoids that you don't know anything about. Well, as much as this has worked before, I don't think it's going to work this time of just being happy. <laughs> I mean, probably not. Zombie, you look really nice. No! <laughs> Which means I am almost useless. Okay. Stab it. You could always cast a spell... You could always cast a spell to buff one of your teammates. Yeah, except the fact that I provoke. Well, take a five-foot step away. Also, he's tiny, so he cannot... He doesn't... You would not provoke against him unless you're actually in his square. Oh, fun. But, uh... Uh, 
times like this, I wish I could detect if you were evil. Yep. You literally have no damaging attacks. I have no damaging attacks other than if it's... I will buy you a sword next time we go into town, I swear. She's not proficient with swords. I don't... I advised you to learn something. I will, I will chop down a tree and make a club... I, I, are you proficient with any weapons? Can't you just pick something up and chuck it at him? I don't have throw any fingers, do you not leave them? Uh, also, I am small. I, any weapon I use, it's still a lot less damage than what it normally does. It does less damage, because it's a smaller weapon. Will you That's like, please get some damaging spells? Yeah, well, like, didn't have any really damaging spells at first level. It's true, the oracle list is not high on the damaging spells. In any case, what would you like to do? Um, I have Entangle. You do? No, that's a poor choice. Never mind. Not even gonna. It makes it hard for everyone. That's not gonna help. Uh, yeah. I'm just gonna. I can't get to. <laughs> I mean, you again. You won't provoke against him. He's tiny, so you could fly over to Eklund if you wanted to move over to Eklund and cast a buff spell on him. Yeah, because she can fly. Is it possible for her to fly over our heads? Yeah. Yes. Like, because Alyrus is in fox form, you could easily get over her head. Yep. Um, actually, over Eklund's head. Okay. Like, oh, I can't do that without covering him. Right. And what are you doing? And I'm just gonna hit him with bless. Okay. Cool. Why don't you uh, go ahead and? Yeah. So what bless does is everyone will get a plus one on their attack roll, and their saving throws against fear. Uh, actually, if you look at her. Oh, it's a burst. Blue. If you look at that, it is a burst, so you can affect all of your allies with that spell. Oh, right here. So all of your allies have a plus one on their attack rolls and on saving throws against fear. And however high up I could go by, like, doing an angle to make it easy. All right, so Talia moves over there and casts Bless. Um, it says for one minute. Yep, so that's ten rounds. Rounds still six seconds and half fun. Yeah, ten rounds. So actually, you know what? I will add a little thing to the counter, to the initiative counter. I would like to mention that if for some reason you do not trust me, I'm pretty sure you get a will save. That is true. If you wish, you can make a will save to resist the benefits of Bless. But I don't think anyone wants to do that. Uh, Azatha, you are up. There are two sm blue small humanoids and a tiny tumor-headed humanoid who is trying to eat Alyrus. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, I'll cast Magic Missile Okay. at the blue thing nearest to me. Okay, so this one right here? The yep. one that I'm pinging? Okay. Go ahead and uh, cast a spell. How much damage is that? It says five force. All right. So, a magical missile of energy flies out of Azatha's fingertip, flying over and striking the blue-skinned creature, strikes it square in the center of its chest, and it lets out a as it dies. Oh. Nice job. Or at least falls unconscious and is dying. It may not be dead yet, but it is unconscious and dying. All right. That takes us to the beginning of the second round. And at the top of the round is the tiny homunculus that, you know, actually thinks that the granite-skinned humanoid is probably slightly more threatening. So it is going to move into your square, and and it will attempt to bite you. Fudge. Uh, however, a five on my attack roll is not going to hit Eklund. <laughs> I mean, he's made of rocks, so it could have hit and just been like, donk! Yep. Next up is the small blue-skinned humanoid who uh, is going to lay there and pop and continue to die. It will attempt a Constitution save to see if it stabilizes. It does stabilize, so it does not con it does not get any worse, but it's still unconscious. There is a tiny humanoid trying to eat you. 
I'm going to stab it. If I can, I forgot to open my character sheet, so this might take a sec. Just recommend having a character sheet to do that. I should probably get mine open. Okay, shifter claws. Here we go. Uh, ow. All right, so you will lash out with your claws twice. You have a 21 to hit the first time. That will hit the small creature, who I'm going to... Yeah, okay. So, And you hit him for four points of damage. Uh, that does not drop it. And then what is your attack roll for that second swing? 15. All right. That will also... 16 because of Bless, right. Um, and that does five points of damage. And the... Uh, yeah. The small, tumor-headed humunculi falls to the ground, lifeless. Yo, Echo, you have nature, right? Yeah. Uh, if you'd like, I you can make a knowledge nature. nature check to identify the blue-skinned humanoids, sure. All right, there we go. 18. Ah, that's much better than uh, Talia rolled. With an 18, you can identify the blue-skinned humanoids as mites. Mites are a type of fae. They are the most pitiful and craven dwellers of the dark. Hideously ugly, even goblins have been known to mock mites for their ugly appearance. Mockery most mites take to heart and nurture for weeks, months, or even years. They truly hate dwarves and gnomes. You can get two useful pieces of information about the mites. Okay, I'm going to go the same way Talia did. Weakness and defense. Okay, their weakness is they are sensitive to light. If they're exposed to bright sunlight, it will dazzle them and daze them. Their defenses is they do have damage reduction too. Knowing what overcomes that would take a second piece of information, however. So they are somewhat resistant to physical harm. Uh, they did not, however, seem to be resistant at all to Azatha's magic missile. That's what we call and hey, speaking of the mites, the mite is up next. Oh, no. um, and he just saw that you, that Azatha... Magic missiled his buddy to death. So he is going to five foot step and he is going to throw a dart at you. Oh no. Oh yes. Do they hate other face? Not especially. However, that is a seven on my attack roll, which I'm quite certain will miss you. Oh uh, yes, it will. <laughs> that makes me sad. <laughs> uh Illyris, you are up. Okay. I guess can I bite the tumor headed baby man? It's dead. You can, it oh, is man. dead. You... I wanted to fight it! I mean, you still can, it's just that it's dead. A, a bigger priority might be the mite, which you could get up to and bite. Fine, I'll go bite that guy. Alright. Resistant to physical damage, that's usually bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing. Right. Fine, is it the sunlight thing? Are there windows in here I can open or something? You're a fox. You're a fox. Um, and no? remember also, uh, I said it has damage reduction 2. So, you'll still be able to hurt it, it will just ignore two points of any damage that you do. Oh, I, I, I figure two as in, like, a tier, like in Minecraft, you've got, like, knockback one and knockback two. No, 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 it was... damage resistance two was gonna be, like, it's better damage resistance. Nope, nope, it is literally the number two. They have two okay, points of damage reduction. Number two. Okay, uh, I'm gonna bite it. And... No. Even with the uh, benefit of being blessed by Talia, a nine is not going to do it. Oh, man. Hey, Talia, speaking of you who gives out blessings, what do you want to do? I don't often give out blessings. Well, you did just now, so. All right, um, I'm going to fly over to this one. Okay. Dead, dead, or is it unconscious? It is unconscious and dying. I'm going to 
stabilize it. Okay. You can do that. I don't know. Maybe we could question it. Eklund gives you a flat-out incredulous look because his idea of resolving a problem, if he was there, he would have just snapped its neck and put it out of its misery. He just gives you this flat-out incredulous look, like, why are you keeping it alive? I will pull out a rope while fly. I cannot do that. We'll start going into my bag then. Alright. Azatha, you're up. Alright, am I able to cast another magic missile at the uh, last creature but do non-lethal damage? Magic missile cannot do non-lethal damage. Okay, so I guess I'll just um, kill this one too. <laughs> Alright. Who killed the first one? Oh my god, he rolling full damage! And again, that oh. was... I wish I had... Five points of damage on the magic Not missile. Really wondering you, but I guess that's good. So again, a flying arrow materializes out of Azatha's finger, flies over to the mite, and strikes it down. It is now also unconscious and dying. Magic missile, like, it is not a cantrip, it is a first level spell. That's what I thought. That's what it is in D&D too, but I just saw that it was ranking by caster level, and I'm like, usually the only spells that go by character level are um, cantrips. That is not true in Pathfinder. No, we do almost everything by caster level. Okay. When you have dropped the mites and the homunculus, which you've just done, Eklin and Azatha, you are both close enough to it to notice that the table, which was highly reflective and you had seen an image in it earlier, the mirrored surface of the table again shifts and you now see a woman within that table and she is holding in her hand a silvery disc in either hand. And I'm going to go ahead and show her to you all now. Oh, pretty. Pretty. Something about those eyes makes me not trust her at all. She's gonna die. She's, she's, she's also dressed in mourning clothes. She was torturing little creatures. She's got nice hair, I guess. Look at her hair, though. She has the anime mom hair, which is every mom has that hair when they die. In any case. She's probably gonna die. As she appears in the table, she whis in a whispery voice, she says, she asks, Why have you come to my manor? Can I hear this? Yeah, everyone can hear it. So, Eklund, I'm assuming those are bookshelves back there, because it's what they look like. Yep. He, uh, wa he, like, presses himself against one of those, and he's still with the owl talons, making this a pretty powerful, like, a pretty miraculous feat. He's managed to make a warding sign, even though he has owl claws. Okay. <laughs> those are pretty bulky. Azatha kind of crosses her arms and say, because you disappeared and we're trying to find you. You're a fox. You can yeah. speak, though. Oh. oh. She can speak Honestly, in fox. I'm here because it's a neat house and everyone else is here. So. Um, nah. Yeah, we came here because we were wondering why you disappeared. I... We were wondering what happened to you. I... I died. Oh. Oh, that's just about a Wait. But does that mean you're a ghost? Yes. Spooky. Oh. I was... I was... Know how to get rid of other I, I was investigating the caves and, and the creature within the caves. And I don't remember everything, but I know that I died. What creature? Eklund has stepped back forward again, and he's, and he's like... He's actually... Um, does, does Terran have a script? Probably. Um, he is, he is taking notes. Okay. Uh, what, what creature? Uh, I can't remember. Alright, 
Um, approximately how far away were these caves? Not far. I... They were near. I had gone to the town because they knew something, and... I don't remember. Everything is everything okay. is vague. What were you doing to those creatures? I was experimenting. They 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 they, they, they were homunculi. They were not alive. They were not real. Well, it seems like they kind of had feeling, and and they attacked us, and they seemed to kind of I don't know hate you. We attacked them, or they attacked us. Are Am I still sitting on a dead homunculus? Yes, yes I am. <laughs> <laughs> My eye co- so I'm like standing over his body. I just kind of kick it off the side. <laughs> uh, but I go, uh, so Eklund, Eklund looks at her and just says, um, I understand hunting to kill, but not torturing me. What were you doing to me? Again, they were not truly alive. Uh, fine, but what were you doing with them? Experimenting, trying to figure out what what could affect the, the, the source of the disturbance. What disturbance? The visions, the the, the, the red lightning, all of it, it's all connected. Eklund just sighs, swears in terror, and goes, of course it is. Please, do you remember anything of what you found about that? No, I'm writing something down. No, but I remember that... These, I had created these etheric compasses. They they should help track down psychic disturbances. You should take them. She gestures towards you through the reflection. I'm going to try to reach into the reflection. Okay, as you reach into the table, it feels almost like you're just pushing your hand through like a soap bubble. I'm going to get her. Okay, you pull it out. The compass is, its it almost feels like it's not entirely there in your hand. Almost like it's made of, like, raw spirit stuff. Brad, uh, I'm going to put it in the box. Ah, yeah. excellent plan. Yay. Um, I say, what do you know of Professor Lorimore? That name means nothing to me. They never met. Oh, they did. Oh, duh. She's been dead for over fifty years. Oh, duh. I, for some reason, I had it in my head they met. Nope. He's just investigating her. Um. Ethan goes. Then, how old were you when you died? That's terribly rude. You can't just ask someone how old they were when they died, Eklund. <laughs> Eklund lived in the woods his whole life. He doesn't even know what rude means. Uh, maybe forty years old. He just kind of nods, and you can tell he's kind of tucking that away to sort of... He's obviously just trying to determine something. All right. Mm. Is there anything you want to do for you to help you move on? Find the disturbance. Find what caused me. Her image starts to flicker and fade away, and as she's speaking, it just turns back into a mirrored table. All right, then. Um, with... The information you've gained and retrieving the etheric compasses, which was one of the things that the professor had asked you to do, I think that this is probably a good place to end this mini-episode, except for the fact that I believe that the party had a conversation they wanted to have. No, 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 no,
You ever gonna take off that hat of yours? Well, we shouldn't make her if she doesn't mm -hmm. want to. Alright, thank you. No, thank you. Can we make a deal? We can well, all go reveal it. Listen, I have revealed something very personal about myself, about being a ghost follower. Aliris has revealed about herself that she can turn into a fox. You know, honestly, I wasn't even keeping it secret. I just didn't feel the need to do it. I, I wasn't also keeping it secret. I also don't always tell everyone because it normally turns people away when they're like, you've got a ghost following you? Yeah, and uh, Eklund's got that weird rock thing going on. Oh, yeah, but you know, I think it's fair if all of us share a secret. -ish. We've already gone. It's only fair if you two go. That makes sense. Okay. I'm just going to put on for my personal safety in case, like, anybody else is has, like, prejudice. Prejudice. Yes, that's what it's called. Where are you? So she takes off her fedora and she transforms into this kind of snakeish creature with a long um, serpentine tail and a, like a snake's head. Yep. Like Johnson trips over a chair, but he's not scared as much as he's just surprised by the magic of it. He was expecting a more like subtle or slower transformation, then BAM! She's a snake! No, I kind of giggle at you, like, <laughs> Okay, Zelda, um, question. Yes? Does this mean that you eat mice? Uh, Eklund goes, they're not bad. I'm sorry, did I, did I say something offensive? No. Uh, I'm gonna just fly over and give you a hug. Another question. Open up and like, what? what? But, well, I know you know had to protect okay. the prejudice, right? Yes. All right. Well, that means you feel like you're going to be judged for being yourself. I don't feel like so. No one like tries to attack me. Well, guess I, I get it. But that also means you have to be afraid for just being yourself. You can always be yourself around us. We are all supporting you. If they're not, I will break their knees in their sleep. Fun. Okay. I have another question. Are you cold blooded? Yes, I am cold-blooded. What happens when you're in cold spaces? Actually, it becomes cold. Um, well, I have this thing called a heat stone. Well, I think we will go ahead and wrap this episode here. We will pick up with our heroes next time as they continue to investigate the psychic phenomenon that are bothering these, this region of Ustalov. Until next time, keep an eye open for mimics, never feed a goblin, and something, something dragons. Pathfinder Quest's Phantom Phenomenon is copyright 2015 of Paizo Inc. Pathfinder Quests in the Pathfinder Society are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are the property of Paizo and are used with permission.